I do think we have Rodney Orr on the line. Rodney, you there? I am here. Rodney, we appreciate you joining us. Ira, what do you have for Rodney? Wow, Rodney, I, I, there was a part of this year where, you know, I, you're a tighter insider from, who has the tighter insider from Alabama. I said, boy, we're not going to have Rodney at the end of the season where, where <laughs> there's nothing to talk about because I didn't really think that you lost. The Bama loses to Texas 34-24. They looked horrendous against South Florida in a game, I think, that took like 20 hours to play because of rain delays. Jalen uh, Miro was benched. And then they actually saved their season. And now they're in the college football playoffs. It's a, what a, what a, it's an un-Alabama roller coaster ride this season. Yeah, it's been one of the more dramatic turnarounds, I think, you know, certainly since Nick Saban's been here in the season, the way they've, you know, as you mentioned, you detailed it right there, the way they started the season. I, I think, well, actually, I remember standing outside uh, after the Saban press conference at Bryant-Denny Stadium the night of the Texas game thinking, you know what, uh, this could be an Alabama team that loses two, three, maybe even four games. Oh, I my mean, gosh. It, it was. It really didn't look good. And then after the South Florida game, I'm sitting here thinking, well, you've got a tough stretch of SEC games coming up. You've got Ole Miss. You've got Arkansas. You've got Texas A&M on the road. You know, you've got LSU. Uh, you've got Auburn on the road. This is a really real gauntlet. So to think that they could have lost two more games after, you know, that that South Florida game, watching that game that you said seemed to last 20 hours. Well, here in Tuscaloosa, it seemed like it lasted about four or five days. <laughs> I mean, that's, I'm just telling you, that was one of the wor- maybe the worst performance in the Nick Saban era, certainly close to it. But the turnaround's been dramatic, and I think a lot of that, uh, a good portion of that's been Jalen Milrow. Uh, you know, he's, he's really had a fantastic uh, stretch of a run of the season, and, uh, you know, hopefully that'll continue in the playoffs. You know, and the close games, the A&M game, they're down 70-10 at halftime. The Arkansas was was close. I mean, the way that Alabama was able to pull out these games, and of course, nothing could be more crazy than the Auburn game, which was the miracle at the end. It's like Jalen Milrow, it's like, he might look bad, he might, some plays might throw some really awful passes, but his ability to come up and make those big plays when it counts and use his feet and run, extend the plays, just amazing. He really is a, a you know, someone who right in the moment of these games has played his best football. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, I go back to the Texas A&M game, or you could go to the Ole Miss game when he looked really bad in the first half. He threw another horrible interception in the first half in the end zone, and and just you thought, you know what? He's just not going to get it. I mean, he's already thrown three horrible interceptions. He threw two against Texas, and he's thrown this one. And then all of a sudden, the second half, he comes out, Early in the second half, he hits Jermaine Burton for a bomb and has a great second half, hits Jalen Hill on a big touchdown throw. Uh, then the Texas A&M game, he starts off with a, a big throw to Isaiah Bond for a touchdown, but he struggled for most of the first half. Then all of a sudden, they go to this short passing game in the second half. He starts gaining confidence, and then all of a sudden, he can start making those throws down the field. He's starting to make the throws all over the field. Uh, then, then he kind of just grew from there a little bit, you know. Yeah, he had his ups and downs throughout the season. Uh, we, we saw that in many games. But how about that Tennessee game? You're down 20 to six at halftime. Alabama gets the ball to start the second half, and I'm thinking now this game could possibly uh, get out of hand in the second half. I mean, you know, you're really wondering is this season about to really slip away from Alabama? And then two plays, Alabama goes like 75 yards. Uh, they have a 29-yard run by Jace McClellan, 46-yard touchdown pass from Milrow to Isaiah Bond, and guess what? Alabama rolls from there. They win it 34-20. It's kind of been the type of season it's been. 
Yeah, and then the Georgia game. I mean, to go in there, and I was down in Atlanta for that, and, you know, I, even the Bama fans were nervous. They're like, oh, my gosh, this could be it. I know we always win. We never lose here, but you didn't know. And that first drive that Georgia had when they just went right down and made it 7 nothing. you're like, is this like 49 to nothing type of game? And then it all changed, and the Bama's up in 17-7 at the half. But I thought was really impressive is that when Georgia made that run in the fourth quarter, which they had in the past, you know, in the national championship game where they wanted, where Stetson Bennett was able to come back, Milrow had those two drives that really, you know, solidified the game and just and sealed the game. He he played really well getting those key first downs, completing some passes, and running for a couple first downs. Yeah, he really did. I think probably no play was bigger than the one he had on a third and two in Georgia territory. I'm thinking it was around the 20-yard line, somewhere in there. And it looked like Georgia had him pinned, and Alabama would probably have to settle for a field goal. And all of a sudden, he flipped the pass to Isaiah Bond, you know, just shovel it forward in the face of a defender, and it got the first down. Alabama goes on to score a huge touchdown. I mean, that uh, you know, I, I can't just uh, overemphasize how, how big that play was to set up the touchdown. And you mentioned on the last drive, you know, Georgia keeps coming back, and it's 27-24. Alabama gets the ball with like 2.52 left in the game, and you're thinking, uh-oh, you know what, you got to get at least a first down, drain some clock, get two first downs, game's over. And Milrow makes a big run on first down, like 30-something yards, 30, 40 yards. Then, you know, he makes another big run, and Alabama just milks the clock. It's over. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, they made some big plays. Listen, here's what I think, Ira. If Jalen Milrow will cut loose with his legs, not be indecisive, take off, make the defense, uh, put them on their heels, because this guy is a special talent running the football when he cuts loose, when he cuts loose. And if he'll do that, uh, it's going to make his passing even that much better. And, you know, the thing is, it's just sometimes he's reluctant to pull the ball down. He wants to throw it. He wants to hang in the pocket. He wants to be a pocket passer. But, you know, when you have that kind of talent, uh, the pressure you can put on a defense when you'll pull it down and run it, you know, you don't have to do it all the time. But, you know, if you use your legs enough, uh, you're going to be a real, real headache for for these defenses and defensive coordinators. And, and you hit the nail on the head because if you look at Michigan's two big wins on the air, now a lot of the critics say Michigan had no big wins, but if you look at Kyle McCord and Drew Allen, the Penn State quarterback Drew Allen and Kyle McCord, you know, not known as the running, explosive running quarterbacks, and they were able to defeat those because they were really just more drop-back passes. So someone who's going to run, they were really were never pressured with someone who was going to run the ball. Um, but I just want to talk about, you know, it's so funny. We talk about Alabama and, and all these uh, wide receivers in the NFL. It's like almost every team has an Alabama wide receiver. But this year, it's not like the wide receivers are that great. It's not like the running backs are that great. It is it is a weird type of team that you don't look at. There's their running backs, wide receivers like, oh, yeah, these are all going to be starting the NFL first round draft picks or that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think some of that is just development. Uh, some of them are still young. I think Jermaine Burton's a really solid player. Again, he's not on the level of the four. You're talking about Ruggs, Judy, Smith, uh, uh, Waddle. No, he's not. He's not. He, he may be a maybe. Maybe he could be on a really good day of John Mechie type level player. Uh, he's a good player. Uh, you know, but you're right. I mean, the, uh, Isaiah Bond is, is still a growing player in terms of, but he's made a ton of big plays. He's got incredible speed. Again, look at all the big plays he's made this year. Made a lot against Georgia, had the big catch against Auburn. He's had a lot of big deep balls that he's caught this year. Uh, you know, they've got some other guys that are really good, uh, you know, that uh, 
Uh, I, I think certainly are, are, are you know good players, but I, I think they're going to get better. I tell you, the guy to really watch for, and I, I'm surprised that he didn't get more touches in the Auburn in the uh, the game against Georgia's Kendrick Law. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's a really versatile player. He's kind of like Debo Samuel, you know, in the NFL. He's a guy that he really doesn't look like a receiver. He's he's built like you know really stocky, uh, but he is a really good receiver. He's a good runner. He can do it all. In fact, the Alabama coach staff feels like he's the one guy they have. If they had to line him up at tailback, he could do it. If they had to put him in the shotgun at Wildcats to play quarterback, he could do it. And he could play H-back. He could play slot receiver. He could play wide receiver. He can return kicks. It's nothing that the guy can't do. I mean, he literally can throw the ball as well. So uh, watch out for Kendrick Law. I think in this in these playoffs, I, I do think that you know they'll use him in a few different ways. And you know the one thing about the Bama defense is a few years ago when they were just you know you couldn't score on them. This year they gave up a lot of points. There's a lot of scoring, but you know on those big defensive plays when they needed it, they came up with those plays. I mean Dallas Turner, and you look at the drafts where the Mel Kiper came out, Turner and Kool Aid. I love the name Kool Aid McKenzie. He was just tremendous. So they actually have some star players, but the defense was I wouldn't even say bend not break, but just like big plays when we really need big plays yep uh they you're you're right i mean they they made a lot of big plays and uh a lot of key plays defensively um you know uh they they were pretty good they were they were pretty good they they were a lot more fundamentally sound than they've been probably since jeremy pruitt left maybe uh that's been 2017 season um i think a lot of that's kevin Steele. You know, him coming back, I think T-Rob, Traverse Robinson, too, in the secondary, you know, he's, he's got a lot of defensive coordinator experience. I just think they did a better job coaching on the defensive side, to be quite honest with you, uh, than, than what they had done the last few years. Uh, again, I, I think the team, the players were more confident. They played faster. They seemed to have a better grip on what they were doing. They weren't out of position as much. And I think a lot of that, too, Ira, was this. Kevin still came in and said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're, we're not changing the system by any means, but we're going to change what we do in terms of communicating the system. We're going to make it simpler. When we send in a signal, we're not going to have a 10-word 10, 10, uh, uh, translation that the players have to make. It's going to be two or three quick words, and, and then the players are going to know what they're going to do. So, you know, instead of trying to figure out, spend time figuring out what they're supposed to do. Now the players can get that signal. They can relay it quickly, communicate it quickly. Everyone's on the same page and you know, they're not sitting there at the snap of the ball still trying to figure out what to do. So um, on January 1st, I'll be at the game in the Rose Bowl uh, in the San Bernardino Mountains. It's like 5.30 at the afternoon, maybe 6 o'clock. The sun's going down, and Will Reichard might have to kick a field goal. You know this game's going to be close, and you got to feel comfortable the fact that you're having, you know, five-year, fifth-year senior, you know, made 20 or 23 field goals, three for three for 50 yards. If he's going to kick that field goal to advance you into the championship game— He's, you can't hope for anyone else but him, really, for that field goal. Well, really, I hope it doesn't come down to that. I like <laughs> Will, and I, I think he, I agree with you. I mean, he, he can do it. Uh, he's a guy you have a lot of confidence in. But, you know, ho- hopefully, you know, Alabama can, you know, figure what, out a way to win that game a little more comfortably. But <laughs> I'm, not pre- I'm, not, I'm not predicting that. Let me be clear. That's just, that's just saying let's hope it's not that. But – uh, no, you're right. I mean, it's uh, Will Reichert's a tremendous kicker. He's been a great player here, and you know they were fortunate he came back this season. 
So that's great. Well, I'll tell you, Rodney, you can follow you on tight. How's the best way to follow you to get some information about Alabama? Because I, again, it's, you're just, you're a source of, of every players. You come up with these players. I, I remember I called you, we talked in the off season said, who's going to be the starting quarterback. And you, you said it's going to be Milrow, even though it was a, a three person competition for the job. So I, what's the best way to follow you online? Well, I tell you, if you're an Alabama fan, tighterinsider.com, it's only $48 a year. We've been doing this for 27 years in terms of tighterinsider.com. We were the first website, premium website, to cover Alabama on, on the Internet that, that we're aware of. And uh, so we've been around a long time, been following Alabama football since 1968. So i uh, got a lot of uh, uh, understanding of, of, the, of the program. So if you're an Alabama fan, tighterinsider.com. It's only $48 a year. That's all our premium information, but also our all-sports form. That's our community of Alabama fans. I'm telling you, Ira, we've got the greatest community of Alabama fans you could imagine. Oh, I know. I was there at Georgia. You guys guys were louder than the Georgia fans. But, Rodney, thank you so much for coming on Iron Sports. We really appreciate it, and uh, maybe we'll talk to you before the national championship game. All right, Ira. Appreciate it. Take care.